Hi everyone, I'm Nicole Gresson, this season's social media intern, and welcome to Democracy Work. Today I'll be talking about the responsibilities that a mayor holds during a large-scale crisis such as coronavirus. I had the pleasure of speaking with Bob Buckhorn, previous mayor of Tampa, Florida. Bob served as mayor of Tampa from 2011 to 2019. He's best known for bringing tremendous economic growth to the city. Here's Bob now. Hi, Bob. Thank you so much for being here. Sure, Nicole. Thanks for having me. So first, I wanted to ask what made you originally get into politics, because I know you've had a lot of positions from city council to mayor, and I was just wondering how you got started. Originally, when I was 10, I was it was 1968. I was growing up in the Washington, D.C. area. And my father was a reporter. So politics in the D.C. area is like malaria. It gets in your blood and you can't ever get rid of it. But when I was 10, I volunteered for Bobby Kennedy's presidential campaign. And I used to have my mother drive me down to the headquarters and drop me off. I mean, hard to imagine a parent doing that today. But that's where I got started. And fast forward, you know, 20 years, I moved to Tampa in 1982 uh, I had a fraternity brother from Penn State. I didn't know anybody else here in Tampa. Slept on his couch and then started volunteering in campaigns uh, down here in the Tampa area and ended up running the campaign of the first woman ever elected mayor of Tampa in 1987. Came on board with her as her top assistant and then was elected twice to city council in 95 and then again in 99 and uh, ran for mayor in 2003 and lost. And then I was out of office for eight years and then came back in 2011 and became the 58th mayor of the city of Tampa. So the current situation regarding coronavirus is bringing a lot of change. And I was wondering if you noticed any specific change or difficulties in campaigns, both locally and federally. I know you have campaign experience yourself, so I wanted to know if anything stuck out to you recently. Oh, I think it's a radically different environment to campaign. Obviously, Politics is not first and foremost in most people's minds. But I would tell you that I think people are understanding now that government matters. And it's in times like this where you really need your government to perform. I mean, you can be a cynic about government and you can hate government 364 days of the year. But on that one day that it really matters, whether it's a hurricane or whether it's something like this virus, you need your government to, to be prepared to be staffed by people who are competent and who care and who understand how to move the levers of government because it is in in these times that government is most important. And I think what we are seeing is particularly at the state and local level, uh, because of the dysfunction in Washington, D.C., I think state and local government has really become the place where people are looking to for help for guidance, for inspiration. And I think governors and mayors around the country have really responded. I think everyone is aware of the dysfunction in Washington, D.C. and the inability of parties, Democrat and Republican, and elected officials to get along. That tells you how bad it is. But mayors, irrespective of their political party, governors, irrespective of their political party, have really stood up and, and taken the lead on this and people are paying attention. I feel like a lot of the differences in opinions regarding social distancing and how everyone is handling this is getting linked to, at least in the media, to people's political parties. So do you think that political parties 
play a huge role in a time like this or really don't have any effect. I think sadly, the, the virus of partisanship has so infected our body politic uh, that people are polarized even on issues like this. They shouldn't be. And it's in times of crisis like this that you need to to react to your better angels, not to those demons that may drive your political decisions. Um, and I think at the national level, what you are seeing is in, in many cases, people are retreating to their corners, be it Democrat, be it Republican, be it pro-Trump, be it anti-Trump. And the result of that is the dysfunction that we have seen and, and the contradictory messages and the pervasive reliance on politics and, and caring more about the next election as opposed to getting our country back to a place where we can function. And I think that's unfortunate. But I will tell you, Nicole, I think that's why people have now started looking to governors and mayors around the country as the thought leaders and the people that are, are putting politics aside. And these are Democratic mayors and Republican mayors. These are Democratic governors and Republican governors who recognize that it's not about the next election, that what we're talking about is a generational virus that is affecting this country in ways we've never seen before. And politics has no role in this whatsoever. But yes, I think as you start to see these protests that are occurring now, oftentimes organized by fringe elements of, in this case, the Republican Party, I think politics is interjecting itself into this. And I think there are decisions made at the federal level that are driven solely by the benefit that it may or may not have in the election this fall. I've definitely noticed that a lot of people are latching on to their local government and their mayors and their governors and especially myself being from new york we've definitely seen a lot of that here and i'm sure during your time as mayor you dealt with a crisis whether it was a natural disaster a hurricane so in any kind of crisis what responsibilities does a mayor have and what role do they play well that's a great question and uh yes sadly i have lived through and managed through crises um, similar to this but not on this scale I mean, obviously, Hurricane Irma came within inches of destroying this community. You know, we prepare for hurricanes on a daily basis, and we train for those things. We've had a serial killer. We had, we had all kinds of issues that mayors, in, and in the eight years that I was there, that we had to manage. I think mayors play a very unique role because they have a very unique job. That relationship between the people that we serve as mayors versus a governor or certainly a president is much more intimate. People know us, they see us, they rely on us, they can touch us, they can reach out to us. They look to us for comfort, they look to us for steadiness, they look to us for leadership. They want to be told that things are going to be okay and this is why they're going to be okay. So transparency is important, knowledge is important, communicating is very, very important. Being upfront and open in a time of crisis and acknowledging what you don't know is absolutely critical to leadership. Right, and I know you mentioned that it's important to acknowledge what you do know and what you don't know in a time like this. And mayors aren't public health officials, so how do you think as a mayor you would come up to speed with all the knowledge that you might need to know in a time like this? I mean, I think part of it is how you prepare for those situations, knowing full well that at some point you will be tested. Uh, knowing full well that here in Florida on the Gulf Coast, we will deal, deal with hurricanes. It is inevitable. And we may have dodged them for 90 years here in Tampa, but I can tell you Hurricane Irma literally was 20 miles away from wrecking havoc on this city. 
which sits on the water. My office in, in City Hall would have been 15 feet underwater had Irma been a direct hit and not taken a turn at the last minute. But we train for those circumstances. So you've got to do your best to prepare your community, and you do that by training. I mean, I've always been a believer that you play on game day the way you practice during the week. And so we practice hard during the week to prepare for that. And so we were as knowledgeable and as ready as any city could be. But by the same token, there will be circumstances where you will be faced with decisions with very little information. And you just make the best decision that you can based on the information that you do have. Yes, I am not a healthcare professional. Neither is the president of the United States. I'm going to trust what the doctors say. I'm going to trust what the healthcare professionals say. I'm going to trust what Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burtz, who is a Penn State grad, says in terms of how to navigate through this particular virus. I'm going to rely on the people who are knowledgeable about this, who are making recommendations to me, knowing full well that as the President of the United States or as the Mayor of Tampa, that the burden rests on my shoulder and history will judge me after this as to how I performed. But if you do it with, number one, good intent, and two, making the best decision that you can with all of the information you have available to you and trusting the experts to help you, people can fault you, but you'll be able to sleep at night knowing you did the best you could. Given all of the information that you might receive about a particular crisis, how would you keep the residents informed and pick and choose what information is most important? Well, what I have always found is, is you can't communicate enough and more information is better. I mean, I trust the citizens of my city to make the right decisions if they are given the information that they need to make those decisions. I don't worry about their ability to make those decisions, so I'm going to give them all the information that I have available to me and let them respond accordingly. Uh, they will inevitably make the right decision that is good for them and for their family. Where you've run into problems is if you are obfuscating, if you are not transparent, if you are not sharing what you know. I think that's why you've seen Governor Cuomo's press conferences to be so helpful because he gives the unvarnished truth in the unvarnished New York way that people can respond to and respect and acknowledge and react accordingly. So as mayor, I would over-communicate if everything. I would use every possible channel that was available to me. Certainly social media became a big part of that in the last couple of years, whether you're communicating by Instagram or TikTok or certainly by, uh, uh, by text and, and on media alerts. The media is your friend in this circumstance as they help you get this information out. And what you will see is coming out of this, those that will be the most highly regarded in terms of how they handled it and those that have been the most effective are those that have taken the time to communicate on a regular basis. You can't go dark. That doesn't serve the people that you represent well, and it doesn't help you and help them navigate this. And I'll give you a great example. I know for a fact that the governor of the state of Florida has not spoken to the mayor of Tampa since the beginning of March. That is unconscionable. Tampa is the third largest city in the state of Florida, the 57th largest city in the country. The mayor and the governor need to be on the same page. I can tell you when Governor, now Senator Rick Scott, was the governor when I was the mayor during the hurricanes, I would talk to him almost daily. He was that good about reaching out. There needs to be that communication. It cannot be a function of who's a Democrat and who's a Republican. 
There is no time for that in a crisis like this. Right, and like you mentioned, Tampa is such a large city, and I know that there have been some issues regarding getting people off the beaches in Florida and stopping college spring breaks and different things like that. So how do you think you can get such a large city to follow such strict guidelines? Well, I mean, that's going back to what we talked about earlier. That's why people are looking to their mayors and, and to their governors in terms of guidance. The contradictory messages that we've gotten out of Washington, D.C. and out of this president have not been helpful. So for the most part, mayors just ignore him. They do what they think is in the best interest of their city. Most of the control for at the local level for, around issues like stay at home and shelter in place are the mayors. They are not the presidents. The governors can do a statewide shelter in place or, or stay at home ordinance. I saw on the news this weekend where the governor had allowed people to go, or then the mayor of Jacksonville had allowed people to go to the beaches in Jacksonville, which I think is ridiculous because clearly from the video, they weren't exercising social distancing. They were acting like there was no virus that has killed 700 plus Floridians and infected 26,000 of us. We've got to hunker down. And, and I recognize that opening the economy is important. Nobody better than mayors knows the impact of what this has done to the local economies and how we will pay the price financially as a city. But by the same token, would you rather be unemployed or would you rather be dead? I used to tell people during hurricanes, I'm, I'm sorry if I inconvenienced you and we shut the city down, but the choice is either we do that and you get mad at me or I come and collect you in a body bag. That's the choice. And that's the choice we're faced with here with this virus. And, and so I would rather take a little more pain on the economic front than open this up and then two weeks from now, see a huge spike in the number of cases and have to shut things down again. That would be even more devastating on our economy than what we are going through right now. I know during your time as mayor, you were known for bringing a lot of economic growth to Tampa. How do you balance economic growth while keeping your public safe during a large scale or a small scale crisis? You know, it's uh, watching this has, has broken my heart because I knew how hard we had worked for the last eight years to get Tampa in a position to be one of the hottest real estate markets in the country and how well that we had done in attracting um, bright young talent like you to move to places like Tampa, Florida. I mean, the young people were flocking to this place and it had become a really, really exciting city. And to see now all of this stopped in its tracks, to see all of those hot restaurants that had opened up and those creative craft breweries all shut down, some of whom never will open again, really has been devastating for us. But at the same time, life takes priority over the economy. And, uh, you know, I don't have any reservations about the decisions that my predecessor, Jane Castor, has, has made in terms of shutting the city down. It was the right decision. It was the only decision. It is uncomfortable. It is disconcerting. Um, it's it, people, you know, are antsy and they want to get outside. And but I would rather live with, you know, two or three more weeks of this than to have to go back, open up the economy, see those numbers spike up again as the virus takes a second bite at the apple, and then have to shut the economy down again. I think that would be even more devastating for our economy. But yes, cities all over the country, including mine, have been and will be devastated by this. Hopefully over the long term, and the long term being, you know, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, we can recover and pick up that momentum again. Uh, but there will be a lot of companies and businesses 
that live on the margins that will not survive this. And that's just tragic. I know everyone's taking a toll right now, but hopefully we'll come back even stronger sooner than later. If you were still in the position of mayor right now, is there anything that you think you would have done or any ideas you might have regarding dealing with the coronavirus? I think about that a lot. And I will tell you that there are parts of me that wishes I still had my hand on the throttle. But certainly at the local level, Jane Castor, who is the mayor that uh, was reelected after me, who I was proud to support. She worked for me for six years as our police chief, I think has done everything right. There is nothing that I would do different that she hasn't done. At the state level, certainly there are decisions that were made that I would have done differently. And at the federal level, I barely pay attention anymore because I think that has been such a train wreck of conflicting advice and political posturing that other than listening to the doctors, I pay very little attention. And I think most mayors feel the same way, which is unfortunate, Nicole, because in situations like this, we need a national strategy. Local governments can't provide the testing or the tracing that we need to do moving forward. That should be a federal response. There ought to be nationwide leadership on this issue, on this issue that allows governors and mayors to, to literally fall in line to do things like this. You can't do testing and tracing on a piecemeal level, on a local level. We don't have the resources for it. We don't have the expertise for it. That needs to be done at the national level. Unfortunately, that's lacking, and I don't see any change in that policy, certainly for the next couple months, but that's where I think you're really going to find states and local governments struggling as we look to reopen, because you can't just reopen without identifying who the carriers are, who are those that have the antibodies, you know, doing the tracing and doing the tracking, and then working on a national inoculation project that can only be done at the national level. That's where we need presidential leadership. That's where we need the Congress to step up and put their stupid partisan leanings aside and remember that they are Americans first and partisans eighth, ninth, or tenth. And Nicole, the the last time I looked, this virus attacks Democrats, Republicans, independents, vegans. It doesn't discriminate. And so the response shouldn't be driven by partisan messaging and a a fear of what might happen in the election in November and having that color all of your decisions. This is a crisis. This is America. We need to be Americans first. Right. And I hope everyone can take that into consideration that right now, all this is about is just staying alive and staying safe. So thank you so much for being here. It was really great to talk to you and hear all of your insight on the pandemic and on your past experience as being a mayor. Good luck to you and, uh, you know, go Penn State. And I, I just, as an alumni, I want to tell you we're proud of you. I'm Nicole Gresson. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the Democracy Group.